turned my mic on, but it wasn't plugged in. Those guys up there are probably like, uh, sorry, guys. Uh, every week we have folks fill out prayer cards. And uh, there are some very, very serious, heavy needs on these cards. And if you're here or you're joining us online and you're like, I didn't fill out a card, but I could use some prayer. I've got some stuff going on in my life that I could use some prayer for. Go ahead and slip up your hand. We're just going to include all these folks. See, there's hands all over the room. Lord, we pray. We lift up every need on these cards, every need in this room, every need online. God, we pray that you would be the God that heals uh, sick and broken bodies, that you would be the God that restores relationships, that you would be the God that stills our hearts when we're anxious and nervous and afraid. Lord, you would be the God that, that puts things that are broken back together. We also pray, Father, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would change our hearts and start with mine. We don't want to leave you the same way we got here, so make us more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As you're being seated, would you look at the person next to you and just say, you could have stayed home today. I'm proud of you that you came to church. Go ahead. Because it is cold outside. When, when Diane and I, before we were pastors, you know, we would get up and go to church on Sundays just like everybody else. And, and we, you know, I'd look at the weather and I'd be like, are we going to, you know, we'd be like, are we going to go to church? And the, the, the test I always used, and maybe this will help you or something, but is I'd always say, okay, would I go to work? And the answer was always, well, yeah, if it's a blizzard, I'm still going to work. So then we would come to church, and you obviously passed that, so good job, everybody. Give it up for yourselves. And those of you that are feeling guilty right now that are joining us online, uh, we still love you, and we're glad you're joining us online. So uh, we're, we're starting something new, actually, this month. We've never done this before. A friend of mine in Castle Rock does it at his church, and I thought it was a, a great idea. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to take, we, every week we count how many people come to church and all the services. Uh, last week that number was 791 people came to church uh, between all the services. And what we're going to start doing is right now the name is a dollar a person, but Monica hates the name, so we're still working on it. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to take for the, our first Sunday's attendance, we're going to take a dollar for every person that came, and we're going to give it to a local nonprofit that's either uh, working to advance the gospel or relieve suffering in our community, which is right along the lines of what God has called us to, to do. And so uh, our first check this week is going to go out to the cold weather shelter uh, through United Way because if it wasn't for them, people would die this weekend. And because of them, they're relieving suffering. So we're going to do that this week. So, so we're going to continue this series we've been in, Changing. Uh, we're looking at how Jesus changes everything. Once you come into a relationship with him, he starts changing everything in your life. Last week, we talked about prayer. And um, we, we had a great turnout. Thanks for coming out, everybody, for prayer. We had an amazing week of prayer. And now we're going to turn our attention to the primary way that God changes, shapes and molds us. It's the Bible. So we're going to look at the Bible today. Today's going to be more of a teaching, and you're going to learn a few things about the Bible. This is a great time because uh, it's kind of that time where, where we're looking at our lives, and we're, some are making resolutions. And I know there's some people that are cynical about it and, and make fun, like, oh, new year, new me. You know, and I, I get that. But, but I love this time because it's an opportunity to kind of look at where we're at and where we're going, and some of the things that we want God to do and change in our lives. Now, resolutions are tough. Um, I, I thought this was interesting. The people that make Garmin watches, they shared this. They said that they can tell 
the number one day when people give up on their New Year's resolutions. It's the second Friday of January. So they have all this data from the watches. So I don't know if they're like, this person was supposed to go to the gym and they went to Golden Corral. or I don't know how they know that. But somehow they know that was actually this past Friday. And so uh, we're going to look at hopefully going into the new year and allowing God to shape and change and mold us. And some of what that's going to require and involve is us uh, leaning into new things. And some of it's going to require us leaving some things behind. We're going to separate some of the new from the old. Hebrews tells us how this separation process happens. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. That's your Bible. It's alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So what Hebrews is saying is we don't just read the Bible. The Bible also reads us. And it starts working on us and separating things in our lives. Joshua tells us, he says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. So this principle, he's saying, if you'll feed yourself every day with the Bible, it'll become a part of you. It'll change how you think. It'll change you from the inside out. And once you do that, then you will be prosperous and successful. There's not a person here that doesn't want to be prosperous and successful in what you're doing. A person joining us online who doesn't want to be prosperous and successful. So Joshua tells us how we do it. It starts with the Bible. And I know there's some folks who have tried, maybe you've tried to read the Bible in the past. And, and so you start at the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And like, okay, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. And the creation story. And then you get into the fall of man, the Garden of Eden, pretty interesting. And you get into Joseph and his brothers, very interesting. Then you get into Exodus and it's the nation of Israel and their story in Egypt and slavery, Ten Commandments. Moses, a lot happening. Very interesting. And then you got into the book of Leviticus. And there's all these rules and laws, so many rules about what to do if you find mold in your house or a scab on your body. And then slowly, maybe quietly, you set the Bible down and didn't continue. And if you're not smiling right now, it's because you've never read the book of Leviticus. Because it's a lot and there's a lot there. And so... Another way that people have tried reading the Bible, they call it, uh, I call it the lucky scripture method. And I've done this before, maybe you've done this, where you just, you say, God, just speak to me. You open the Bible, right here. Has anybody ever done that? Like, this is it, right here, right here. And then you landed on Ezekiel chapter 4. You shall eat it as a barley cake, having baked it in their sight over human dung. <laughs> what is happening in Ezekiel chapter 4 that, like, how come no one ever puts this as their scripture of the day on Facebook? You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, guys, scripture of the day, right? Ezekiel 4. Yeah, so I'm like, Jesus, why did you put that in your holy Bible? Like, I don't So that's probably not the best approach either. So, so what do we do? How do we do this? Joshua's telling us we need to meditate on this every day. So the first thought is you need to feed yourself daily, every day. We've got to feed ourselves. One, one thing that pastors hear um, when people, usually when someone's leaving their church, is they'll say, I'm not being fed here. I've heard that. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm not being fed? And now, Diana and I raised three kids, and at one time we had three teenagers in our house. And if one of them would have came to me one day and say, Dad, 
I'm not being fed here. You know what I would have said? I would have said, son, you're 15 years old. You've been living in this house for 15 years. Feed yourself. Go make yourself some ramen noodles. Make me some while you're at it. And feed yourself. So when I hear someone who's been a Christian for a long time, someone who should be pretty spiritually mature, who's been a follower of Christ a long time, say, I'm not being fed. That's exactly what I picture right there. I look at them and I just think this big, there's a lot you could describe that picture, right? This, and I'm like, do you want me to change your diaper too? Like at some point, you've got to decide that you're going to feed yourself. So how do we do this? You need a systematic way to read and study the Bible. Not the lucky scripture method. You need some kind of systematic way. So there's a church uh, in Oklahoma called Life Church, and they developed this app. So if you have an, an iPhone, you just go to the app store. It's there. It's free. If you have a Droid or a, a Google phone, I have no idea what you do. You're just out in the wilderness doing your thing. But you can figure it out, I'm sure. Get you this app. It's completely free. You could even, if you just want to take your phone out right now and scan that QR code, that will take you not only to the app, but it will take you to our one-year Bible reading plan. So every year as a church, we all read through the New Testament together. And it takes about, if you're an average reader, it will probably take you three minutes a day to do the reading. But over the course of a year, you'll read through the entire New Testament from uh, Matthew all the way to the book of Revelation. It is kind of weird because we're reading the book of Revelation every year during Christmas. That's a little weird. But besides that, every day you're going to feed yourself and you'll grow. I promise you'll grow. And if you're like, well, I don't like to read, there's a button that you can push. And some guy with kind of a weird accent reads you the Bible. So you, there's no excuse. You can listen to it while you're putting on your makeup if you're a woman. Or you're, you may, I, sometimes I'll put it on as I'm driving to the gym and I'll listen to the Bible as I go. Bottom line is God wants us to feed ourselves. So when we start talking about this kind of thing, a natural question comes up. What version of the Bible should I read? Right? That's something that people ask me sometimes. Which is the right one? And so here's a few that I recommend. If, if I ever put a scripture up on the screen, it's most often the New International Version, the NIV. And that's, that's translated at about an eighth grade reading level. So it's a pretty good uh, middle of the road. The New Living Translation is always also a very good one, a little more conversational. Uh, the New American Standard Bible is translated at about a college reading level. So it's a little more academic. And then there's the message, which I really enjoy. And that's what I'm using for my daily devotions right now. Uh, and it's translated so that about a third grader can understand it. So there's a lot of different options. So why are there so many? Like, why can't there just be one? It's a great question. Uh, here's, let me, let me help you understand why. So the Bible was written in three different original languages. Uh, Old Testament was mostly written in Hebrew. New Testament mostly written in Greek. And then and there's about 700 words of a language called Aramaic. And so between these three original language, languages, there were almost 15,000 unique words used from those three languages. The average English translation uses about 5,500 unique words. So what this is telling us is that between those three languages, there's a richness that we're not necessarily getting in English. Does that make sense? And so let me, let me uh, give you an example of how this works. In the New Testament, there's several words used 
for the English word love. So sometimes it uses the word agape. It's a Greek word, which is God's love for us. So when you read, God so loved the world, he gave his only son Jesus. So for God so agaped the world. So then we translate that to English, um, agape, love. And then there's a different kind of love, the love you feel for a friend. That's a phileo love. And in English we go phileo, um, love. And then storgy is the love that you would feel for a family member. Sister, brother, your kids. And they, they translate, I love my wife, I love my car, I love the Broncos, even though I'm mad at them right now. Uh, so, so, we, we kinda, so does that kind of help you understand why it's a little more challenging than just saying this is the right translation? So what I recommend is when you're doing Bible, st- when you're studying the Bible and you see something, you're like, man, this is kind of weird, I don't understand this. Just jump to another translation, a new version, and it'll help you understand it. Does that make sense? Good. All right. So what, look at what, what the scripture says. The big picture here is this. God's plan is to connect with everyone. God's word is for everyone. God's word is for you. When he did all of this, he had you in mind because he wanted to give you a message. And he wanted to teach you how to live. And so that's what this is all about. Timothy says all scripture is God-breathed, meaning God has breathed life into it. The book is alive. And when you read it, it really does come to life. It says it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that is you, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It doesn't say so that the servant of God may get fat and learn all this Bible knowledge and never do anything with it. It doesn't say that, does it? doesn't say so you can get puffed up and show everybody how many degrees you have. doesn't say that either. It says so that you can be equipped to do good works. So the Bible is the best-selling book in the history of the world. It's the most translated book in the history of the world. It's also the most shoplifted book in the history of the world. Look at your neighbor and say, that's weird. Because it is weird, right? Isn't that weird? People steal the Bible. Maybe they read it. I don't know. The Bible is not a book. It's actually a library of books. It's 66 different books. If the average reader read it out loud, it would take you about 70 hours. But what's amazing is it was written over a period of 1,600 years in over a dozen countries on three continents by 40 people in three different languages. So over the 40 people over the course of 1,600 years, each wrote this part of this book that became one cohesive story. That is a miracle. These guys all wrote one story over the course of all this time and over all these places. That puts the Bible in a class of its own. It was written by politicians, farmers, shepherds, peasants, musicians, poets, even some tax collectors wrote it. Now, when we say that these guys wrote the Bible, that's not exactly true. God wrote the Bible. But he used the hand of men to do it. He inspired every word. Every word is from him. It's kind of like if you've ever seen a little kid mowing the lawn with his dad. Like that kid is really working hard and sweating. But dad's doing all the work. Does that make sense? That's how God wrote the Bible. He let these guys be a part of it. But he really did it. By the way, that's exactly what it feels like to pastor this church. We've seen God do all this stuff, and it feels like we did it. We didn't do anything. God has done it. We're just sitting in the front row watching what he's done. Big picture, the Bible is the story of Jesus. That's really what it is. 
Now, it's, it, it doesn't try to be the history of the world, although we see some creation. It's the history of the nation of Israel and how that uh, develops into the story of Jesus. That's what the Bible is. Some people are like, well, why doesn't the Bible talk about UFOs or whatever? It's because it's not. It's the story of Jesus. In Genesis chapter 3, God mentions Jesus. He tells, he tells the serpent, one day Eve is going to have a child and he's going to stomp on your head. He's referring to Jesus. And then throughout the Bible, we see it developing into the story of Jesus. But it includes information on a lot of other topics too. For example, marriage, divorce, remarriage, adultery, sex, lust, greed, guilt, materialism, generosity, healing, hope, forgiveness, parenting, prayer, friendship, pride, obedience, disobedience, heaven, hell, lying, murder, suicide, rape, fears, doubts, miracles, love, hate, money, criticism, creation, government, submission, rebellion, peace, leadership, joy, discontentment, sacrifice, patience, faithfulness, enjoying life, self-control, disasters, injustice, demons, angels, discipleship, fasting, honor, mercy, caring for the poor, handling wealth, family, and diets. Talks about diets, going on a diet. Well, it doesn't really do it, but it talks about the devil, and that's pretty much the same. You know what I mean? Okay. But ultimately, the Bible is the ultimate book of wisdom. That's really what it is. So Solomon, who the Bible calls the wisest man to ever live, writes this at the beginning of the book of Proverbs. And he's kind of taught, he's introducing the book of Proverbs, but he's also kind of giving an overview of the Bible. It says, the, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So who's he talking to? To all of us. Because we all need wisdom. We need instruction. We need help navigating life on earth. He's talking about uh, big decisions. Have you, have you ever heard somebody say, if I knew then what I know now. Have you ever heard that? You know why you didn't know then what you know now? It's called wisdom. You had not gathered the wisdom that you have gathered over time. If I could go back and tell myself a few things, here's what I would say, right? People say that. It's because they have wisdom that they didn't have before. That's why we try and impart wisdom or our own life experiences on our kids. And sometimes they don't listen. Look at your kid if they don't listen. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But you didn't listen, did you? When you were a teenager, your mom's like, I'm trying to tell you. You're like, ah, you don't know. You're old. She was like 36. <laughs> now you're like, okay, I'm dumb, right? Unfortunately, no one is born wise. If we were born wise, nobody would drive slow in the fast lane. Nobody would try and talk to someone who doesn't speak their language and say, let me try again. What I'm trying to tell you... Nobody would yell at TV and movies, don't go in there, right? Because no, no one's born wise. So how do, we, how do we acquire wisdom? How do we gather it? There's two ways. One is through our own experiences. Let's say, for example, I just took off running in that direction. And I said, you know what? I'm going to see what happens. I bet I can run through that wall. 
here's what I would find out. That that wall is very hard. And that my nose is very soft. So I would accumulate some wisdom there, wouldn't I? I would accumulate wisdom. That, and the wisdom would be don't run into walls. So then I would go away with a little more wisdom. That's one way to acquire wisdom. Another way is through the experiences of others. I watch someone else run through the wall. And I go, oh. And then I learn, that wall is hard. The nose is soft. I didn't have to sacrifice my own nose to gather that wisdom. Does that make sense? And so now I have wisdom beyond my experience. This is what your parents are trying to give you. Wisdom beyond your experience. You don't have enough time in your life or enough bones to break in your body to gather all of the experience that God needs you to have to do what he's called you to do. And so we've got to gather experience from other people. That's where the Bible comes in. The Bible is full of stories of people who are broken and flawed, who made terrible mistakes, who did things their own way. And so if I could have any one wish for you, it would be that you would sit at the feet of Jesus with your Bible and learn from the experiences of others. Then, when you have marriage problems, you would know where to get the answer. When you have financial problems, you would know where to get the answer. When you have problems with your kids, you would know where to get the answer. But it's but, but this reading it isn't enough. We have to apply it to our lives. Let me illustrate this. Let's imagine that a bunch of you, maybe the trustees or the staff or something, came up to me and, and they said, we bought you this book, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding. Because we think that it would be awesome if we had a pastor that looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'd be like, having a pastor that looks like The Rock and Mario Lopez had a kid is not enough for you, or so whatever. So let's say you guys brought me this book, and you said, we want you to take six months off and just do this book. And I said, okay, I'll do that. So six months passes, and now the, the day has finally come, and, and you're excited because you're anticipating having a pastor that looks like this. And instead, I walk in looking like this. Diane laughed. That hurts my feelings. Like, this isn't funny. This is what I really look like. Anyway, so. <laughs> and you'd say, Angel, wait, wait a minute. Did, didn't you read the book? I'd say, oh, yeah, I read the book. I love that book. I read it six times. I, I read it cover to cover. I would read it once a month. I would, it's, it's amazing. I, I would highlight parts that really stood out to me. Uh, some of his, his life story really made me cry. It was, so, it was amazing. I memorized whole chapters of the book. I, I would even meet with other guys at the coffee shop, and we would all highlight and talk about our favorite parts of the book. I could even tell you the Greek word for bicep. It's bicephalus. Like I, I learned the book. It's my favorite book. And you'd say, so you didn't, you didn't go to the gym? No. Was I supposed to? I, 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 I was too busy reading the book. You didn't, you didn't eat right? No. You didn't exercise? No. You didn't do any steroids? I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. But I read the book. Wouldn't that be silly? And sometimes we read the book. And we even memorize parts of the book. And we can quote parts of the book. 
and we post parts of the book on our Facebook. And everyone looks at us like we are people of the book, but we still treat other people like crap. That's because we're not applying the book to our lives. Reading it is only this first step. What God really wants to do is transform our lives with the book. And if we'll read... Yeah. Because if we don't live it out, we don't really believe it. If I could have any one thing for my church, if I could have any one hope and prayer for you, aside from you committing your life to Christ, it would be that you would fall in love with the book. Because if you fall in love with the book, you're going to fall in love with the person who wrote it. And that's really why we started this church, so that you would fall in love with Jesus. I'd love to have you join us on our Bible reading plan. You could also, you know the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. There are 31 days in a, in a full month. So you could open up the book of Proverbs to whatever day it is today and you could read that. That's a great way to start reading the Bible. You could even just take the book of John and just start reading one chapter a day. Another great way to start studying the Bible. But whatever it is you do, my prayer is that 2024 is the year that you fall in love book and the guy who wrote it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you, Lord, that, that we have such free and easy access to a book that people have been given their lives to protect and to share with us. Thank you, Lord, that I could just grab my phone and read any part of the book I want, but, but in China they share single pages because they're afraid of the government putting them in prison for, for possessing a page of the Bible. Forgive us, Lord, for being so lax and for taking it for granted. I pray, Lord, that this would be the year that we fall in love not only with your book, but with you. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last chorus with us? If I could have anything, let it be your eyes on me. Every time I catch your gaze, my world starts changing. I don't have that much to bring, just a simple song to sing. If I could have anything, let me be an offer. If I could have anything, let it be your eyes on me. Every time I catch your gaze, my world starts changing. I don't have that much to bring, just a simple song to sing. If I could have anything, let me be an offering. You know, I love hearing about the Bible. It just inspires me just to dig deeper and deeper into it. But the best way that we could apply the Bible is to ask Jesus to come into our hearts and be our Lord and Savior. And so we never like to end a service here at Mosaic without giving you an opportunity to do just that. And so we are going to say a simple prayer. There's nothing magical about the words, but it's rather the attitude of your heart behind them. And so if everybody could just close their eyes and bow their heads and just repeat after me. God, I know that you love me. And I know that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Forgive me for every wrong thing 
that I've ever done, thought, or said. Come into my heart and make me new. I choose to live for you from this day forward. In, Je in Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today for the first time, I want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We are so excited for you. You can go ahead and be seated. If you did say that prayer for the first time, we know that that is just the first step in your walk with Jesus. And so if you would take out your smartphone and either scan the QR code that is on the back of the seat back or up here on the screen and just click on a new believer, we just want to send you something to help you in your salvation walk. Also, if you missed the QR code when Pastor Angel was up here about the Bible, you can also scan this QR code and it'll also lead you to that Bible app um, application. Uh, so you didn't miss it. You still have a chance. So in just over a month from now, we are going to be starting our spring semester of our Connect Groups. It is a great time. How many of you love Connect Groups? So we are looking for leaders for, and hosts for our connect groups. And I know when I say that, it's a little bit scary because we think that we all have to be Bible scholars to lead a connect group. I'm telling you, you do not need to be that. You just need to be a person that loves Jesus and maybe has a hobby or something that you can share with another group. Last semester, we had a jujitsu connect group, we had a planning connect group, we had a book group, and so I'm telling you, you are capable, and I think God is calling you to lead a group of people just so that we could establish community here at Mosaic, and so we don't just say here, okay, we do have a training for that, so we are going to be having our training on Sunday, February 4th at 4 p.m., so if you felt, feel that tugging and you feel like, you, like God is saying, hey, you need to be a host, um, please sign up at the Welcome Center and I promise you, we will lead you through that. And so with that, we are going to conclude with our final act of worship. It is our time for our tithes and offerings. And I really do love this time of the service because it, it is just a time where we can physically do something and just tell God how much we love and we trust him with not only our lives but our finances and so Mosaic is a generous church the cold weather shelter is just one of the things that we do to help in our community but we are only able to do that when you play your part and so I just ask that you would just continue to be a generous church and that you would just continue to give. And so I'm going to pray over this morning's tithes and offering. If you wanna give this morning, there's four ways you can give. You can give, there's a little black box in the foyer area. You can give online at greedymosaic.com. You can text any amount to 84321 or you can give on the church center app. And so I'm going to pray. And if you have a prayer need, after this service, we are going to have a prayer team up here at the front they would love to pray with you. So let's just pray. Dear God, I just thank you. I thank you for each and every person that is represented here. I pray that you would just continue to bless them, Lord God. I pray that you would bless this offering, that you would use it, that you would multiply it just to bring people into your kingdom, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord God, and we want to spread your word in our community and into the nations, Father. And I just pray that 
the word that was brought today would just continue to burn in our hearts, that we would seek out more of your word in our daily life, Lord God, that you would put that desire in us and that you would speak to us through your word. I thank you for today, Lord Jesus. In your holy name we pray, amen. With that mosaic, have a wonderful Sunday. Get home safe and stay warm. <laughs>